Rain thudded on the roof, and wind tossed the bare branches of the trees outside the windows as the Honey Springs Unitarian Universalist Congregations Worship Committee sat around the wooden table in classroom 12. The chalice was lit, and check-in had been accomplished. When it came time to talk about new business, the Reverend Cotton Lovinggood, the new minister at the mythical UU congregation where we are all the way we are, only more so, said, we've been asked to talk about hosting a revival here. Two other congregations want to work on it with us. Two other what kind of congregations, Gladys asked. She was a tall woman dressed tonight in blue layers with a pattern stamped on the blue with black ink. You, you congregations, Cotton said, it's supposed to be a you, you revival. Revival, asked Al, a rangy man with bright blue eyes and a full head of white hair. Isn't that a bit evangelical for us? What are we supposed to do? Recite our principles and shout hallelujah? Evangelical is something you use can be about this faith, Cotton said. We certainly have good news to share. Yes, Gladys said, I think we have a lot of good things going on here, and I think we should talk them up a little bit. I mean, just saying there is no hell would be telling the good news, don't you think? I think a revival is an exciting idea, Ben said. Ben pushed his glasses back up onto his nose and smiled at Cotton. We could have gospel choirs from the church down the street. They would raise the roof on this place. We could get some fired-up preaching and really start appealing to more folks around here. Who would that appeal to, though, Al asked, leaning back in his chair, spreading his hands. Would we want a bunch of people in here that wanted to whoop and holler and jump around? Al, nobody's talking about jumping around, Cotton said although I think you may have pointed up a class issue in this whole concept. The emotional tone of a revival may be uncomfortable to people whose idea of reverence is sitting quietly with hands folded in their laps. Al looked stung. Cotton had the sneaking suspicion that he should have shut up about the class stuff. I just think some people are tired of our congregations pussyfooting around the word God and feeling afraid to use it for fear of being mocked, Ben said. I have to say, I'm very uncomfortable with this, Gladys said. It sounds like we're going to be doing a pale imitation of Christianity here, mining it for its emotional energy or luring people into our congregation with a promise we can't keep. I mean, we're not a Christian church, and if people want Christianity, there are 11 million places they can go. The imitator dooms himself to hopeless mediocrity, Al said. Emerson said that in his Divinity School address. The cure for deformed religion is soul, soul, and again, soul. Something like that. We do have Christian roots, Ben said, and I think we would be good to celeb- it would be good to celebrate those. We have transcendentalist roots, Gladys said, her face turning pink, and the pagan group here celebrates that nature mysticism of our, that nature mysticism of our forebears. Maybe we could have a kind of pagan revival. I have a question, Phoebe, the retired anthropologist said, looking up from her laptop. Four expectant faces turned toward her. One never knew what was going to come out of her mouth in that crisp British accent. 
What is it we would be attempting to revive if we had this revival? Good question, nodded Cotton. The five of them sat contemplating for ten seconds or so. We would, we would revive our sense of awe as we stand in this miraculous world, Al said. That's a religion that's never hurt anyone, never caused a war. You can't blame the religion for the things people do in its name, Ben said. It's human nature to fight and control and conquer. All those new atheist books about how bad God is is only about how bad Christians have been. Buddhism is non-harming, Gladys spoke up. It's a very peaceful. Phoebe leaned toward her and muttered, Vietnam, Sri Lanka. Gladys closed her mouth and sat back in her chair. So, what would we be reviving, Cotton said, attempting to bring back the focus of the conversation? Our sense of connection to everyone. Our sense of responsibility to making the world a better place. Oh, I think we are already flagellated with that enough in this church. It's our own UU version of the hellfire and brimstone. We need fuel to run on, a way to keep going when what we are doing seems like not enough when we get weary and guilty. I think we also need to revive hope in the capacity of humans for love, for finding the divine within ourselves, for walking into wholeness. Isn't any of this about a sense of God? I want to revive some talk about God. I don't think revivals are about talk, not talk about anything. I think they are for reviving a direct sense of the sacred, of being filled with light and love, about singing open-heartedly and including the body in worship. If we are connected with all beings, we can feel that in our bodies as well as our minds and spirits. A revival is about feeling the holy. I don't want a lot of God talk. I think that the word holds too much pain and baggage for people. Maybe we used to be a Christian denomination, but we're not anymore. I think you can talk about God without having to swallow Christianity, Cotton said. After all, God is not a Christian. But there are UU Christians. God is not a Christian? And UU pagans? And UU humanists? At the risk of sounding like a broken record, my friends, Cotton said, I am asking us here at Honey Springs not to think of ourselves as being anything hyphenated not UU Christians or UU pagans or UU Buddhists. We are UUs. There is room for all of us in this faith. If you love the Christian story, you can be a straight down the middle, down the line, middle of the road UU. If you love the goddess and the drum, you can be a middle of the road UU. If you love science or stand in awe of nature or delight in the capacities of the human spirit, you can be a straight, Watch who you're calling straight, Phoebe's finger was pointed at him in good humor. Down the middle, Unitarian Universalist, okay? Cotton finished, shooting Phoebe a smile. That stopped the brainstorming session. Again, Cotton wondered whether he should have spoken. He took comfort in the thought that if he were the pompous bag-of-wind minister he feared being, he would never be wondering whether it had been a good thing to speak up. Thank you all for thinking about this with me, he said, to be continued. I may want to read that Divinity School address of Emerson's, Al, Ben said. Just Google it, Al said, looking pleased that someone remembered what he had said.
The meeting ended with each person assigned to ask their friends the what would we revive question and to design some elements of an event that would lift up and energize the joys they each found in their faith. Ben offered Gladys his umbrella as they made ready to dash to their cars through the rain. You have to trust Issei Barnwell when she tells you something works, that it's going to work. So what exactly would we be reviving if we were to hold a revival? My friend and colleague, the Reverend Meg Barnhouse, writing for the fictional Honey Springs UU congregation, asks this question. But I think we need to answer it for ourselves. What is the essence of Unitarian Universalism in this community? What is the essence of our faith, of our covenant with one another? As you might imagine, I get asked pretty frequently what Unitarian Universalism is. It's often the very first question I get after I say what I do for a living. I like to begin my answer by explaining that we believe it is more important to come together in community and to be in relationship with one another than it is to agree, even on the big questions, the biggest questions even, like, is there a God? Now that often satisfies my inquisitors for just a moment, but it shouldn't satisfy you. Because the next questions that need to be asked are, what does it mean that we come together in community? And what does it mean to be in relationship with one another? Today, we and our children are examining the notion that it matters what we do together. And I'd like to break that down a little bit into a few constituent parts. The first is that it matters that we are together. It not only matters what we do together, it matters that we are together. Those of you who've been around here a while have probably heard me say more times than you can count that I believe that religion is not a solitary pursuit. Religion is practiced in community with one another, in accountability to one another, in relationship to one another. So it matters that all of you take your time to come here and be part of this community, whenever you can, often or infrequently, however you can. It matters that we come together. Our society is increasingly fragmented, as you know. I was at a concert on a Friday night, a Coldplay concert. went to this concert, big arena concert. I took Eric. It was his Christmas present. I, I put up with it. You, you might like Coldplay. Not my favorite group, but it's one of Eric's. So I went to this concert, and on the way in, on the way in, they, they handed us all bracelets that we were supposed to put on. And the bracelets were keyed to... Uh, some sort of radio signal so that at appropriate times in the concerts they lit up and flashed and, and did all sorts of things. Well, the bracelets, the bracelets were sponsored by Twitter. And those of you who are familiar with Twitter know that Twitter is an online social network, um, social media community, sort of, in which people post things that are 140 characters or less um, for whoever is following them to read. And Twitter was encouraging us to tweet our time at the Coldplay concert um, with a particular tag. I forget exactly what it was, Cold, and it was, the tag was about this long. 
right? So just the tag that, that was on, printed on this, on this uh, bracelet, Coldplay Live Concert Experience, some, I was something ridiculously long, took up about half a tweet. Um, because you only get 140 characters in this tweet. So, so Twitter, in sponsoring this, uh, these bracelets, was encouraging us to get out our phones or whatever devices we had that enabled to access Twitter and tweet ridiculously short things because there was not much left over when, once you put in the hashtag Coldplay Live Concert Experience, um, ridiculously short and generally meaningless things about our experience there together. So we were, this is, a, this, so this is a 21st century concert experience, right? You come to a concert to hear a group that you want to hear live and to, to experience it in, in, in an arena with 20,000, 30,000 people. I don't know how many people the IZOD Center holds, but you, it's part of the experience that you're there with all those people. It matters that you're there with all those people. And even if you are, as we were, in the second from the top row in the upper deck, <laughs> and Coldplay looks like this, it matters that you are there together because it's part of the experience that you're all doing this together. You are hearing this band together. You're all singing the same songs. And Twitter was encouraging us to be individuals in that moment, to fragment ourselves away from this experience of collectivity into an experience of individuality. It's, it's invaded even concert-going experience that our society has become so fragmented that there are fewer and fewer places that we can come and be part of a larger whole. There are fewer and fewer places that we can go and not be expected to be one isolated person tweeting out to the masses. This is one of those places that you can come and always feel like you are connected to a larger whole. Each one of us brings a voice to this table. Each one of us brings our own style to the welcome table that is this congregation, this conversation, this ongoing relationship. And it matters that you are here. Each one of us might be singing a slightly different tune. But when we all get together, those tunes overlap and meld and weave together. And the tune that we sing as a whole wouldn't be the same without all those individual tunes coming, coming into it. It matters that you are singing with us. It matters that we come together. It also matters why we are together. And so I ask, do we come together for our own purposes? Or is there something larger? Do we actually own the fact as a religious community that for every time we might need personally to be surrounded by the love of community, there will be at least one time when someone else will need to be surrounded by the love that we have to give. It's appropriate and good to come here when you need love, when you need to be surrounded by love, when you need to be held in love, when something is hurting deep within you, when you need to heal a deep spiritual or emotional psychic wound. It's appropriate and good to come here. But it's also appropriate and good to come here when you have joy coming forth. Because the people who need your joy, the people who need your love, the people who are here and who are wounded need to be in community with you. The joy that we express helps heal the wounds that we have. And so it matters that we come together not only to get 
not only to experience, not only to, to heal ourselves, but to give as well. The work of connecting with the larger whole is a two-way street. It matters why we are together. I hope that we come together to engage in the work of relationship and not just to be a bunch of interesting individuals. I hope that we come together to stick together and be stronger together, unbreakable if we stick enough of us together, and not just to be a bunch of popsicle sticks easily snapped by even our children. I hope that we come to sing together and not just to add our solo to the world. Solos are appropriate and good from time to time, but we come together to blend our voices in community. It matters why we are together. Third, it matters how we are together. So I ask, what is the nature of our community? How do we covenant to be in relationship with one another? Do we covenant to be in relationship with one another? What are the rules, the guidelines, the, the things that help us to be in right relationship together? What is right relationship? After all, it's a buzzword that I like to throw around. It's something that I seek, but what is that? We come together to be in relationship with one another, understanding that sometimes we're going to irritate one another. Sometimes we're going to bother one another. Oftentimes we're going to disagree with one another. Sometimes we're even going to offend one another. And right relationship, a commitment to right relationship, means that when those things happen, when we irritate one another or bother one another or disagree with one another or, heaven forfend, offend one another, that we commit to stay in relationship and work it out. And so any covenant that holds us together as a community also has to have a way that we reconcile when, when breaks happen, when, when, when differences make their, make their uh, face known. We not, need to have ways that we recover, that we come back into relationship with one another. We need to be able to sing different songs and make those songs go together. That quadlibet could have been a jumbled mess of horribleness. I mean, it really could have been. It could have been a horrible, dissonant, nasty mess of, of, of ridiculous-sounding proportions. And it wasn't. It wasn't. Even those of you who were not in the choir were singing, were singing along. You, you were part of, part of that music. You were all singing a melody or a harmony. It might not have been one of the ones I taught you. It might have been one that you added yourself. But it all sounded good together. And we needed, I needed, I personally, I needed the choir to back me up on that. I probably could have taught it to you. It might not have been quite as pretty if the choir hadn't come together on Thursday to run through it a couple of times and learn it. So we need the people who have the expertise and the dedication to lead us, and we need to be able to follow that leadership too. Fourth and finally, it matters what our being together does for the world. If what, if our, what we do together only changes things inside this room, then we are for naught. It needs to matter to people outside of our walls that we are together. This week, a number of us were privileged to be able to attend a rally 
uh, downtown that Jackie spoke about earlier to try and get our governor to, uh, to oppose hydrofracturing. Um, uh, you can look that up, Google it. You'll learn more than you ever wanted to. I spoke about it a couple months ago and I don't think I need to explain it now. But we came together for a social justice cause to protect our earth and the people on our earth um, from exploitation and, and from damage. And we came together there, we were probably the largest single religious group at that, at that event. Um, and, and we came together because our principles, the things that we covenant to affirm and promote, including the interdependent web of all existence, calls on us to make a difference in the world. The things that we covenant to affirm and promote, the things that we learn here and discuss and struggle with, those things call on us to try and make a difference in the world outside of our walls. If something came of that rally, part of the reason why something will have come of that rally is because this community exists, because this community is willing to add our voices where those voices are needed, to stand with those who are in danger of being exploited in our community or who are being exploited in our very midst. We stand with those people. We add our voices to theirs. We make them visible. So it matters what our being together does for the world. I would love for UUFNW to hold a revival. A revival in the Unitarian Universalist style, not some shabby imitation of some other religion's way of doing things. But first, we, like the mythical Honey Springs UU congregation, would need to decide what we would be reviving. I think we can and should revive our sense of connection with one another. I think we can and should revive our sense of interconnection with our fellow Unitarian Universalists in other congregations in our midst. And in fact, your local UU ministers are cooking up ways for the next year that you and, and the folks at Fourth Unitarian Society Mohegan Lake and the first folks at First in Hastings-on-Hudson can really get to know one another better and feel connected with one another. I think we can and should revive our commitment to being together, to joining our voices in harmony, even when it is, and it is so often, that we are singing different songs. Because it matters that we are together. It matters why we are together. It matters how we are together. It matters what we do together. Amen and blessed be.